with it. Cannot win with it. Cannot cope with it. Can't do it. I mean, listen, we talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. Now locked in to the Clock Dodgers podcast. Clock Dodgers podcast. Welcome to the Clock Dodgers podcast. I'm your host Neil Maligno. It's week 11, and I'm joined by Josh, who's been ducking ice storms all week to be here. What's up, Josh? How's it going, Neil? The hey. the ice storm the ice storms out here in Oklahoma are nothing nothing to mess with. Dude. They they shut everything down. They're dangerous. It's been a little windy out here in Florida today. Little windy, little chilly windy, not high humidity oh, wind. It's, it's so it's like seventy three degrees and a fifteen mile per hour wind. It, it might be, it might be. You know, it's just a little change of pace because sometimes you get wind and you're like, oh, it's windy out, it's breezy out. I show up in the windows and you're like, oh no, it feels like fire wind, and so you close the windows. But like today, it's like, oh, okay, it actually feels like this may have some you know coolness to it. So you leave the windows open. So it's kind of this, this guy. Just so everybody knows, this guy was talking about going swimming like two days ago. <laughs> swimming is good. Swimming is for, good for the rest it's of called, it. It's called privilege. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who is this other voice? Oh, that's Shy Town Adam in the building. What's up, Adam? Yeah, Shy Town is in shivering. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's hilarious. I forget that people get like cold in different places. And you just you stop right now. You forget it's weather. so mean. It's so mean. I forget that people get cold. I legitimately forget. I forget that even like snow exists. Oh god. And then like so rude. My kids are like, I want to see snow. And I'm like, oh, I forgot you never seen that. What a blessing. And uh yeah, we'll we'll drive somewhere and be like tourists to see snow. We'll come back to the pool afterwards. Uh <laughs> such a Dick. It's the way life is, man. It's the way life is. It's not important. It's not, it's not important, guys. Let's move on to football because you're calling me. You're saying I'm bragging. I'm not bragging, man. It's just life. You can move here. You're free to move wherever you like, Adam. No one's stopping you. I was I was unaware. Yeah. It's crazy. It's how it works, though. Um, other than that, listen, shout out to all the Clock Dodgers listening. We appreciate you guys. You're the ones who make this from a regular show into an awesome podcast and a family. So we love you. Listen, I know we're all stressfully waiting for Austin Eckler to return. But please, if you're listening, don't get drastic and crazy like Justin Herbert and cut your hair because he went from a top 10 quarterback to some random high school quarterback overnight for me. I seen a picture and I was like, who is this guy in this on this front of this website? Who is this guy? And it was Justin Herbert with a haircut. If you haven't seen it, don't look. It's not worth it. But just... We can't be taking Austin Eckler's stress this way. You guys got to get out and do something different. Just don't get haircuts. It's not the way to go. And Adam knows, right? I mean, you're not. You haven't been out to get haircuts. This is this is true. I've been I'm doing it all myself. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. But uh, no, that that razor that he does other things with. <laughs> hey, what are you talking about? Adam? <laughs> <laughs> it's a dirty razor. I feel like if we could just get Justin Herbert a girlfriend, she would probably clean him up. It, she, it might. I mean, he even sounded like he said he got his hair cut by like a guy on the team, like a a, a guy in the weight room or something. Like it sounded weird. Like, yeah, he said he was good with the scissors. I had him cut my hair. I'm like, what is going on right now? Like, I hope he doesn't fall out of the top ten because of this. This is ridiculous, man. We all know those locks contain magic for some quarterbacks. So hopefully, uh, hopefully it doesn't get doesn't go south on us, man. We'll see. But it's on. It's time for victory laps, guys. I have some victory laps that I'm excited about, but. Do either one of you want to go first? Yes, I want to go first. 
You got victory laps that you're excited about. Get out of the way. There's only one victory <laughs> lap this week, everybody. It's the Cole Beasley victory lap. Let's go. Wide receiver one in PPR leads this past week. I've been touting him all year. He was my most drafted guy in best ball leagues coming into the season. And, man, was he been just the craziest of hits. Uh, that game was one of the most fun games I've watched all year. It, honestly, it probably is my favorite game of the year. Honestly, it seems like every game Arizona's in lately is the, my favorite game of the year because them playing Seattle was my favorite game of the year. But now it's them playing Buffalo. I mean, that was just it – was, it was the best game. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the Cole Beasley victory lap has to happen, needs to happen, is happening right now. And at wide receiver, I mean, it's also a Juju Smith-Schuster victory lap, guys. I mean, it, it's a great week. It's a great week to be me. Uh, Adam Thielen rounds out the top 12. I mean, guys, I, you know, I couldn't be happier with the wide receiver position this past week. I mean, everything that I could want to have happen happened. Uh, running back, it, a wasteland. I, I have no idea what's happening. Zero running back seems to be working, but not in any way that I had envisioned. So that's that's been unfortunate. But uh, focusing on wide receiver, it, it was a good week. Yeah, man. I'm letting you take as many victory laps as you want because I know it's cold where you are. So <laughs> take, take it as you please. I mean, I'm looking at it right now, and it says 46 degrees. Warm. It says 46 degrees where you're at, man. I mean. That's fucked, man. So, yeah, I mean, definitely stay warm with those laps. And you can be happy about Juju, but I think he was still, like, the third best wide receiver on his team this week. So um, uh, That's blasphemy. He was not. I believe he was. He he was. <laughs> he was. He definitely was. So all those victory laps, you better be taking ones for all those other guys because they all do better. Um, but, hey, Josh, do you have victory laps that outdo his victory laps at all? There's only one victory lap that I need to take, and and that is the DJ Moore led the team in targets victory lap. I'm so. glad you could reach it for something. Man, <laughs> those point per target leagues, Josh has got to be just crushing. Listen, he was at like 19, 19.6 PPR, I think. If I'm looking at the right thing. So it was it was a good week. But you know, the thing that really makes me happy is when he has a good week and it's not just a long touchdown but it's actually him getting the volume yeah no, it was a so. good week for him it was a good week for sure um yeah man i mean those those are all good victory laps i'm trying to think if i have something that measures up i mean josh jacobs was one of the best running backs in football last week antonio gibson continues to hold off jd mckissick just enough again De- deontay johnson did uh, uh, you know outdid juju and that, that's all it took to make me happy for that but i think the biggest one i have to go to is again josh reynolds we're all touting wide receivers here today on our victory laps. Oh, my boy Josh Reynolds had eight receptions on 10 targets, 94 yards. He didn't have a touchdown. If he would have had a touchdown, man, get Cole Beasley the hell out of here because my boy Josh Reynolds was looking to take his spot. But, you know, it happens. It happens. If he would have had a touchdown, we all would have been screaming how amazing he was. Uh, but since he didn't, we'll continue to act like this isn't real. Um, I'm curious, Adam, what do you think about this, man? Like with all these other wide receivers and stuff going, you know, down there, like what, what do you think is happening right now? I mean, Jared Goff is just one of those quarterbacks that just elevates the talent around him. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I, I had to lob that up for, for Adam to, you know, I'll you, but there's a reason why I didn't uh, ask I mean, Josh. That's really the only explanation, right? Josh Reynolds just comes out of nowhere. Regular no. Aaron Rodgers. I mean, <laughs> If I'm being honest, it, it's really just 
that that scheme kind of seems to cater more towards a Josh Reynolds like type receiver. I mean, he's he's big body and he moves the chains. It, he might even be serving kind of that role that they had Higby in at the end of last year. I don't know if that's really the case. I mean, it seems like he's taking targets away from Robert Woods more than anyone. Um, but yeah, it's been interesting to see his ascension because uh, he he definitely seems like not only has he become, you know, usable in fantasy, but he might be the most usable wide receiver on the Rams. And that feels super odd with how high everyone was on Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. Yeah. At first, sometimes, you you know, when you see guys like this start to make some plays or have a good week, you're like, okay, maybe he just got lucky. Maybe he was just the guy that was open. Maybe he was just, you know, when, when guys get 10 targets, you're like, okay, they're they're like purposely doing this at this point. Like they're, they're making sure that this guy is a part of this offense. So, um, it's fun to see, man. It's fun to see, but it sucks if you did get Cooper, you know, I mean, cup really high or you, you spend a lot of woods or, you know, this kind of stuff. But I mean, they're all going to get their game still, but it's just, uh, it's nice to see, man. It's nice to see him, uh, beginning to flourish like this. I think we all took some vid- pretty good victory laps, man. I think that was a uh, very well-deserved laps for all of us on the downside. Josh, Josh Riddles leads that team in air yards, like oh, on God. the whole season leads the team in air yards. Yeah. So it is, man. Cup, Cup and, and Woods combined last week barely outscored Josh Reynolds alone. Just as, this is just how this works, guys. It's just how this works. This is just going to continue to happen. And I love it, and I'm here for every second of it. Higby was back, though. I mean, it's not like Higby you know, wasn't there. So Yeah, first week back. Yeah. I mean, it, it is true. I, I, I think you're right, though. I mean, I, it seems like he's kind of taken, taken that role. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see if he holds him off. For sure. Um, for more depressing stuff, we could talk about some injuries. Let's just hit on these big ones. Drew Brees. This dude is so old, and he's out here getting beat up, and he thinks he's back in a couple of weeks off of this. I don't know how that plays out if it ends up being that way. Um, but are you guys excited for Jameis? Hell yeah, I am. I'm so tired of hearing about Hill. I'm like, man, will y'all shut up? Dude, they're going to use Taysom Hill so much. I know, it sucks. Like. He's going to get used so much. The crazy thing are the people that think that he's, like, not only good, but that more teams need to have. I got in an argument with a friend who was like, more teams need to have a guy like Taysom who can line up in the backfield, and you just never know what he's going to (laughs) do. Jesus fucking Christ. It's like... That only that only works if it's Lamar. <laughs> like you watch one, you know, primetime game with Taysom where they're effective at using him, and you're like, "This is brilliant! Everybody should do it." It's like, no, no, that's not how it goes most of the time. It's mostly overly gimmicky, and honestly, I think this just has them dwell delve into that that much more. Like they're. They're just going to utilize so much more gimmick. I mean, I think it's great for Kamara. I think everyone else there, it's it's a big question mark for. But if they, I mean, if they let you know, they let Winston throw, this could get real fun real fast. Yeah, and it, 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 yeah, I can't stand like on on Hill for a second. I cannot stand how much they use him. I really can't. Like, I get when you have a guy like that, like you want to throw. Is, he, if if he wasn't labeled a quarterback, he would actually be a really interesting player. Because he can be utilized in the backfield. He can line up at tight end. He is a, like that move tight end kind of player. It's just the fact that they call him a quarterback and that they have him line up as a quarterback so often. Yeah. 
but like he doesn't throw some crazy amount. In fact, I'm curious. I'm going to look it up if you want to, you know, talk about him for a second. But I'm curious how many attempts he even has on the season. Well, yeah, you look it up. And while you're doing that, I want to ask Josh about Jameis Winston really quick. He couldn't have a better game opponent this week, right, Josh, with the Falcons? Yeah, that's that could be a lot of fun. I, I really hope that they just let Jameis be Jameis. I mean, let's go. Traquan Smith, I, I think – we might see some some of these pieces that haven't been getting a lot of attention suddenly get flooded with flooded with some air yards, just like what we saw last year on the Bucks. Josh, so, do, I'm, I'm Josh, do you think we're gonna see like a you know a lesser crazy wild Jameis than we're used to just because he's a saint in this you know under Drew Brees' tutelage, or do you think we're gonna see like same old Tampa Bay Jameis? You know what? I think it might be. I think it might be different because because I also think that Bruce Arians didn't really adjust much. I, I think that they they rolled Jameis out and he threw picks and made a lot of bad decisions, and that's that's ultimately on him. But, like, somebody please tell me what, what Bruce Arians did to help Jameis Winston with his decision-making process besides, like, say, no, yeah. don't do that. <laughs> and one more question before you, Adam gets in here with Hill again really quick is, Josh, would you feel super confident about starting Jameis this week in fantasy? Oh, in a super flex, I would definitely. Okay. I've got some, I will be starting Jameis Winston this week <laughs> <laughs> out of lack of other options in super flex leagues. But, yeah, yeah, if, if he's going to get the start and get to play, I, I, feel, like, I feel like Jameis Winston is – this is going to be a fun ride while it lasts. Gotcha. All right, uh, Adam, what did you find, man? Yeah, this is ridiculous. I didn't even expect it to be this low. He's attempted five passes on the entire season. Like, he's a running back, guys. Like, he's 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 like a fullback tight end player. He's a gadget guy. Like, I, I just – I do not get it at all. Labeling him a quarterback is, like, bad for that franchise because they just pay him too much money to do something that he's never going to do. So, yeah, I hope that they just let Winston ball out because it just seems utterly ridiculous to even let this guy, I mean, masquerade as a quarterback because he, he just isn't. Yeah, and I agree. I mean, I – I will, for one, I mean, I know a lot of people love this too, but, like, I will, for one, admit that I am not a fan at all of Hill. I don't get the hoopla. I don't get the hype. I don't get why people love him so much, and uh, I'm not excited about it at all. So, um, hopefully it's, you know, it's what I expect, and Jameis does a, you know, has a good game. Um, all right, let's get off of Drew Brees and the Saints and, and Hill because it's making me sick already. Um, Christian McCaffrey out. Mike Davis should be good. Should be good. I know he got injured last week, right? Um, but he came back, so he should be fine. Um, how, how do you feel, Adam? How do you feel, man? Another week of Mike Davis. I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, this should be a great week for him, but uh, we'll see. I mean, you know, for, for a little while there, Mike Davis seemed like the home run wave wire pick that, you know, was just – basically producing as well as Christian McCaffrey was in that offense. And then that fell off dramatically. And for the past month, Mike Davis has been somebody who's been more harmful to have in your lineup than helpful. So it'll be interesting to see. He has a phenomenal matchup this week. Um, 
So best of luck to Mike Davis. Where I have him, I'll be starting him. So yeah. you guys should be too. The the, the uh, one thing to think about here when it comes to this is Teddy Bridgewater may not play. And I don't know if that's good to you or bad because I don't know if you think they're going to lean more on Mike Davis or if it's just going to be a shit show. Um, but I think I've read somewhere that they plan to use Will Greer and PJ Walker, the XFL star, if Bridgewater's out. I don't know how that's going to play out. Um, PJ Walker did play under the coach at Temple, so he has some familiar, familiar, familiarity there. But uh, and people are excited about PJ Walker, man. Like people really want to see this dude play. So I mean, I know he came from XFL and it's all fun and everything, but. I don't know how it's going to play out fantasy-wise. Um, does that concern you at all about Mike Davis, Josh, like the quarterback situation? Uh, well, what concerns me about Mike Davis is that they're just not giving him the volume that they used to. Yeah. When he was running really hot, they were giving him – he was getting around 20 expected points a game, and in the last three weeks it's been closer to 10. Yeah. So, so, so yeah, the quarterbacks I mean, do matter then because if they don't play well, they're going to give him the ball less. <laughs> Yeah, now I'm looking at guys like, you know, if I've got Rex Burkhead or Mike Davis, uh, I don't know, Giovanni Bernard or Mike Davis, that's a tougher choice, you know, Antonio Gibson or Mike Davis. You're falling off here, man. You're falling off the Mike Davis wagon, and this is music to Adam's ears. He's happy. He's he's finding misery, comforting your misery, man. Well, it's, it seems like they started out thinking Mike Davis could just plug in for Christian McCaffrey. Like they were just gonna, they were just gonna use him in that role. And for a while, the volume was there, but the volume seems to have gone away. Yeah. So that's a problem. Yeah, we'll see how it goes against Detroit. It'll be interesting if if Bridgewater plays. If he doesn't play, and obviously, I feel like it changes a lot of stuff. But we'll see. Um, another running back, Chris Carson, game time decision. I have no shares of Chris Carson on any team, so this doesn't affect me personally on any level. Uh, are either of you greatly affected or can you know paying a lot of attention to the Chris Carson situation? Uh, I I have him in SFB. I don't think I have him anywhere else, but I think if he plays, I'm starting him, especially in that matchup. I mean, that game's just going to have a ton of points. I, I don't see any other way. Like I think every Seattle game is probably going to have a ton of points for the rest of the year. They have a historically bad pass defense, which just sets up perfectly for anyone they play against in the league today. So you're just going to constantly have high-scoring games, and with that comes touchdowns, and touchdown variance goes to running backs just as often as it goes to wide receivers. So uh, I think Chris Carson just is too much of a focal point of that team when he's healthy to bench so if he's playing i'm having him in my lineup and expecting him to probably get a touchdown all right josh you concerned at all or you're just gonna see how it goes and adjust accordingly if chris carson plays i i would start him but if chris okay. carson doesn't play i don't think that there's another seattle running back that i really want to start i mean they've got carlos hyde is in the mix alex collins led the backfield last week you know, before that, Travis Homer and DJ Dallas were yeah. splitting work. It's just it's beyond Chris Carson. It's just too much of a mess. Yeah, it's too much to think about. All right. You know, I feel like we haven't talked about it enough on the podcast, but how good of a name is DJ Dallas? DJ Dallas. Like, it's just. He could do way more with it. He could do way more with it than he's doing, man. I mean, you could be his marketer. You just, you're already dropping taglines for him and everything over here, Adam. It's just. In in due time, in due time. <laughs> I like the way he spells it too. You know, D E E J A Y. Yeah, yeah, I do too. 
I mean, he didn't spell it that way. I don't think. I think his parents did. But I can't, I, I can't. is that his birth name? I would assume so. Really? I know that there's some guys in the league that have names that aren't necessarily their birth names. But... Yeah, we've covered them. Oh, actually, it's not. It looks like it's Demetrius. Ha ha! Ah, damn it, Josh, you're right. You win. You win, Josh. You like the way he spells it. You're so cool. All right. Alan Lazard returns from IR. Another guy I have no shares of. Absolutely none. Um, so I will refer to you guys on this one. I feel like he's a deeper flex option if he is activated and back in the lineup. I mean, MVS has kind of came on the last two weeks. That being said, I think there's still room there. I mean, it's, it's an Aaron Rodgers offense. I mean, Josh can tell you how good an Aaron Rodgers offense is, right, Josh? No, it's so good. So just just the best. <laughs> like, I do not understand Alan Lazard. I don't understand how Alan Lazard works. Like, do you like do you like wide receivers who don't get air yards or targets? Because that's what Alan Lazard is. Like, he has a 17% target share, and he gets fewer than 70 air, air yards per game. How is this guy anywhere near... 17 points per game. Well, you see, he he catches passes from a historically good quarterback. Some might say a Hall of Famer, Um, but you know. (laughs) I love that I'm a Bears fan, but somehow I'm also the Aaron Rodgers tout of the podcast. (laughs) Yeah, that's because Josh hates him so much. Someone has to. I know, like to an irrational level. So I have to balance it out because to me, like, being a good Bears fan is being able to recognize how freaking great that guy is. So when we beat him occasionally, it feels really damn good. But it's very occasionally because he's very talented. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Josh is just being ridiculous. Um, the last guy here on the injury report that we felt worth mentioning, Kenny Galladay. He is expected to return, though. Um, he returned to practice already, I believe. So the question here is, um, obviously, you start Kenny Galladay if he returns. Um, Marvin Jones had decent weeks since he's been out. Does this knock him out of you know, Marvin Jackson, Marvin, does this knock Marvin Jones out of a flex option for you, or do you continue to, you know, still have some faith while, while Galladay gets, knocks the rust off? Yeah, I, I think it's a definite question because I don't know how much that offense supports two wide receivers. So for me, it's like eh, if you've got better options, you're probably benching Marvin Jones, but at this point in the season, who knows if you have better options because everybody's kind of decimated everywhere. So, yeah, I mean, he'll he'll definitely get some flex starts in some leagues, but uh, he's not somebody who I'm going to be overly excited about. Yeah, yeah, it's. Hey, hey, listen, we're happy to get we're happy to get this guy back, man. That's what really matters. We're happy to see him play. It's been a long time. It feels like it's been forever. So Galladay is back, and that's a good thing. Let's hope it stays that way. Um, that's it for the injuries, right? I mean, Josh, do you even, did I miss anybody? Adam, do you think I miss anybody? I think we're good. I don't want to spend 30 minutes on injuries. Job. I don't want to spend 30 minutes on injuries. We've done that before. All right, let's jump over to trust issues. The first one we have here, Mark Andrews finished as the tight end one in PPR last week for the first time this season after being tight end eight coming into the week. Andrews is a top five tight end rest of season. Trust or trust issues, Josh? You know, I have I have trust issues with it. I have trust issues with it because I just because I just don't understand what that Baltimore offense is doing these days. You know, like they're they're back to piling on air yards on uh, Marquise Brown, who 
who isn't really doing much. I just, I don't know. It, it's it's about the team. It's not it's not so much about Mark Andrews, but I I I wouldn't I wouldn't be counting on him. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna say I trust it just because of like the guys behind him. Um, I don't mean on the, on the, on the Ravens. I'm just saying as, as in tight ends on their on the rankings at this point, like scoring totals. There's no one there that I feel like is some serious threat at this point um, to take him out of top five. Um, George Kittle, we don't know when he's coming back still, right? I mean, we have no clue. Um, and after him, like, I'm not overly concerned about Jimmy Graham or, you know, one of these guys, like, passing up Mark Andrews. I feel like this offense should only, you know, continue to get better and continue to hit their stride. And so I feel fine about this. I feel fine about Mark Andrews being top five rest of the season. I trust it. Um, Adam? Yeah, I feel like you have to trust it. I mean, for Baltimore losing last week was kind of one of those weird, you're playing Belichick, he knows how to scheme against Lamar well kind of weeks, where before last week, I felt like Baltimore was moving on an upward trajectory. I, I, I don't know. I want to say that they're starting to get their shit together, and that's going to be allowing Mark Andrews to be a little bit more consistent. But more than anything, it's it's what you said, Neil. The position right now, I mean, losing George Kittle loses one of the guys who is pretty much a lock for top five. So it kind of extends the opportunity down to almost what would have been top six. And in that, I mean, Mark Andrews is already kind of expected to be of that group. So now you kind of have to have two guys come up from, you know, the bottom to, to be in that top tier. And really, I just I haven't really seen much. I mean, right now, Johnny Smith and TJ Hawkinson sit above him. But outside of those guys, I mean, the other guys that you named, I mean, we got we got Robert Tanyan as a top 10. Tight end. <laughs> I mean, yep. it it's kind of gross. Rob Gronkowski didn't play last year and he's a top 10 tight end. So. Yeah, it just goes to show, like, the position isn't very deep. So, Mark Andrews feels like a must-start guy and, and definitely top five. Yeah. yeah Who's sure. must-start? I Like, if you've got Mark Andrews, I'm, I'm not benching him. I just, I don't know. Like, Zach Ertz is coming back off of, off of IR. Is that, isn't that true? Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, that that's a good point as well. Zach Ertz should be back soon, and he'll, he'll definitely add some competition. I We'd hope. I mean, if you look at the beginning of the year, though, Zach Ertz was basically irrelevant. So who who knows what he'll come back like? Um, but yeah, I mean, that's definitely someone who could contest for that. Not to mention, Josh, that Robert Tanyan guy is a really good quarterback. So you know, it's like one of the best. <laughs> yeah, sky's the limit. So he could easily knock Andrews out of the top five with that quarterback. Uh, no question. All right. After back to back top ten weeks in PPR, Rex Burkhead is a must start. At running back, Adam, you start this one. Trust or trust I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say trust it. Like, it, it's kind of crazy, um, because that offense has been so kind of unpredictable this year. But it, it really feels like they're gonna be running the ball a lot, and if Rex Burkhead is the one who they're gonna be giving the most opportunity to. And the key is he is someone who's always been a dual threat back. He is getting just as much opportunity through the air as he is on the ground. That to me is great. And the biggest thing in watching them play is he seems to be their goal line option when he's healthy. 
and that's huge. Um, so he's going to be getting like the largest opportunity share there. I mean, outside of Cam, of course, in the red zone. Um, so for me, like the, everything seems to be lining up correctly. It's just a matter of you know if if they're putting up points, and and I think that with what running back looks like right now, you're probably not going to have too many better options. Yeah, it, it does depend on like like you know about the options, right? That obviously is a big deal in, in this question here. The thing that annoys me with Rex Burkhead, and it's like obviously this happens with all Patriot running backs, is like he sucks, he sucks, he sucks, amazing, sucks, 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 pretty good, really good, sucks. Like that's the problem. That's that's the real issue here is that there's no consistency whatsoever. Um, but like you mentioned, there's been two weeks of it now, and so the question is, is you know, is he a must start? And obviously, again, this depends on your options. But I feel like. If we just think about, you know, the running back landscape right now and how the injuries are shaking out and all these kind of things, I feel like I'm going to say I trust Rex Burkhead as a must start this week. So I'm with you, Adam. Josh. You know, his role hasn't really expanded that much. I, I feel like I feel like you're I feel like you're definitely taking a gamble. He, he did shoot up to five targets, but. Earlier in the in the year, he had six and ten in weeks two and three, and then in week four he dropped down to one target, then zero, then four. Like, it, I just I think he's going to continue to be hot and cold. But if you're if you're playing in a league that starts ten or eleven guys, I think you can do worse than Rex Burkhead. Yeah, yeah. One thing I will say: Patriots lose four straight. Start involving Rex Burkhead win back-to-back games <laughs> i don't know guys i go for win narratives and uh some people go I for mean, tanking narratives it, for trevor lawrence narratives oh they're totally out of contention for that now they've got four wins there's there's it's no good. way it's the too jets good. are getting too good damn wins. it <laughs> the, the, the jets would need to find a lamp with a genie inside of it to win four games yeah all right the next question is a total josh question Marquise Brown has more air yards per game than Julio Jones. Do you trust the air yards to signal talent? Are you starting Hollywood Brown? This is kind of a, you know, the question here is Josh, do you trust air yards and do you trust Hollywood Brown at the start? I like, I, I feel like it's going to burn me eventually. You know, the last time that I just completely ignored somebody getting, volume dumped on them it was Devonte parker and uh, he's not having a great season this year but he sure did catch catch fire at the end of last season and this this looks like that to me it looks like marquise brown could just start catching a, a few more passes and putting up some points but I don't, I don't know i don't i don't think he's a great player i don't think he really deserves the volume i'm not sure why he keeps getting it damn those are Harsh criticisms there, man. Just totally saying, I don't think he's that good. I don't think he's that good. I haven't heard that one yet, Adam. Do you think Marquise Brown is not that good? I mean, what do we think is good and what do we think is not good in the league? To me, Marquise Brown profiles kind of like an Odell Beckham type in that if you feed him enough targets, he doesn't have a high catch rate but he has a ton of air yards and through that he's going to put up big plays, mm-hmm. splash plays and touchdowns. 
And this is the type of stuff that we loved Odell Beckham for when he was young and able to break off those sort of huge performances. Marquise Brown has that, like, you know, Odell Beckham light appeal. Like, he has the appeal to be able to have those huge performances. But I think the biggest thing that we're seeing from him is that in order to do that, he needs a ton of targets. His catch rate this season, the first two games of the season, he had an 83% catch rate. From that point onward, he's never had a game above 66%, and he's had five games of 50% or less. That's impactful. I mean, uh, he's either not getting catchable targets or he's not adjusting to make the catches that he needs to make. Either way, he's basically just put himself in a situation where he's only going to be successful in games where he's heavily targeted. And I don't think that Baltimore is really built in a way that's going to ever target him heavily. So for me, it's just it's super risky to even be starting him unless you were just backed into a position where you have to. Yeah. It, it, it does suck because right i mean we all have high hope we all had high hopes for him and so to see it like playing out this way it's not it's not promising if you look at last year he only he had 71 targets and 46 receptions so it's not a lot of receptions and less than 600 yards he had way more touchdowns last year than he had this year um he had seven he finished the season with seven last year he only had two this year so far so i feel like his numbers are down a lot as far as the production goes, but really, I mean, in reality target wise, it's not dramatic. I mean, he has 50, let me see, 55 targets this year. And he, and he finished with 71 last year. So it's not even like the workload has become less or of, any, of anything. It's just, he's not scoring touchdowns at all compared to last year. And, but last year, like, the perception was so different. Right. That's, like, the thing is he came in as a rookie and he had a big second half and a really weak first half. Right now he's kind of just doing that but spread out over the full season. And, I mean, I was harping on catch rate, but, like, it, it's legitimate. It's dropped by 6% from last year. I mean, he barely has over a 50% catch rate on the season and like I said, the first two weeks of the season, he had an 83% catch rate. Everything after that has just been disastrous. So, like I said, I, I don't know. You'd have to watch the film to see if he's getting catchable targets, if it's Lamar or if it's him. But either way, if he's not getting tons of targets, it's just he's not going to be effective. Yeah, yeah, it hasn't been good for him. I, I hope it turns around, but right now it's not a promising sign, and I hope Josh is wrong when he says he's just not good. Um, that's possible. He's, he's either not good or he's about to catch fire and get hot. <laughs> <laughs> Those are polar I opposites. Mean, I, I think it's neither. I think that he is good schematically if you use him right and if you have a quarterback that consistently can hit him on downfield throws. I think right now they're having to scheme away from that because that's what Lamar's been struggling the most with. And if Lamar gets that connection back, then Brown's going to have huge performances until that you know relationship develops again and they start going back to him deep more and, and they're connecting more on those splash plays. It's just he, he's not he's never going to be the guy who catches, you know, 
eight for a hundred. Right. It's just not in his repertoire. He's going to be a big play receiver. So in order to do that, you're going to need Lamar to be throwing better. Get it together, Ravens. Get it together, man. I don't know what's happening, but just get it together. I was listening I to just... ESPN radio, like the local one here the other day. And I, I think it was Mike Tannebaum, the former GM. And he was saying that he has some website that he runs. I, th- I think it was called like the 33rd team or something like that. And he, he was saying his top five players in the league, just like, just period, like regardless of position. And he had Lamar Jackson in his top five. And I thought that was kind of interesting because I'm like, I don't think many people would agree with that right now. Do you? I mean, if you're just talking purely athletics, sure. Yeah, but just like football players I mean, to build the team around. I guess they would put him in their team, possibly. I mean, I just I don't know. He's just struggling so much right now. It sucks to see it, but I feel yeah, like I think we're so quickly sorry. we're so people are so quick to like last year he was the shit, and this year like man, you know, there's so many guys that are really good. Like I don't know about this, you know, Lamar Jackson guy. Like how's this, what's going on here? You know what I mean? Like it's so he so quickly fell from grace as far as like all the love he was getting previously. You know I mean. So it is yeah. odd. It, it, I don't know. It was yeah. interesting to hear because I was like, I didn't hear Patrick. Mahomes. I don't know if he said Patrick Mahomes. To be honest, it was in. It was. It was a weird list. The guy had like a cornerback on there and stuff. It was strange. But uh, anyway, moving on. <laughs> moving on. Uh, do you trust? We we kind of already talked about him a little bit, but do you guys trust Alan Lazard in your lineups in his first week back on the field, whether it's this weekend or next, Adam? I think it's flex worthy. I, I would say I trust him coming back. Um, you know, for, for me, what it really comes down to is I feel like that's one of the few offenses right now that's just clicking and is able to support additional wide receivers on a week to week basis. So MVS has kind of been that guy, but when Lazard was healthy, he was getting those targets that, that MBS has been getting now. So those could very well shift back. I think I'd like to take that risk. And for me, you know, he's definitely a flex guy, especially coming off injury. If you have better options, it's not like somebody that you want to be throwing in there. But in deep leagues, I mean, I'm happy to be getting him back. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I don't I don't trust him. I'm going to be that guy this week where it's like, he's got to show me first. I'm going to be that guy. Like, you got to show me first. I got to see it happen first to believe it. Um so, yeah, I'm going to say I don't trust him his first week back because I just don't know how that team is going to play out. I like MVS a lot, man. So, like, it's hard for me to, like, I feel like I'm pushing him to the side when I show Lazard a lot of love or something. I, mean, I know it's not true necessarily. I just feel like I am. I feel like I'm discrediting MVS in some way. So, um, regardless, I don't trust him his first week back. If he does something good after that, maybe I'll trust him. But I don't trust him first week. Um, Josh, how do you feel? Yeah, I don't, I don't trust him either. He he's number one in fantasy points over expectation per game. Like, I just don't think that he's going to keep up that kind of efficiency. Yeah, he, he, he's not getting the targets or the air yards. He's just he's just played really really efficiently. I I made a I made an MVS trade today. Traded for him. Mm-hmm. I got oh, him. What did you trade? I gave away Kalen Balage. Oh, I would do that all day long. Why would someone do that trade? They don't know Eckler's coming back? What's going on? They know, but I, I mean, maybe Eckler, you know, pulls a Christian McCaffrey. That's true. And comes back but doesn't come back. That's true. I, I, I literally just got MVS off waivers for $0 in Scott Fishbowl. 
I don't. I didn't I don't, even know. I, don't, I thought. I, I thought I, I was. I thought I was like Scott to put you in these soft. Yeah. Right. Videos. Seriously. I thought I was in like. Uh, I thought I was seeing like a glitch. I'm like, maybe the app's bad. What's going on here? And I'm like, all right. Well, I'm just gonna put this in my list of uh, waiver moves, just in case this is legit. And it worked. I mean, the fact that you even had waivers that was deep enough at one point that someone could cut MBS. That's why I don't understand. Like, I have MBS on my Scott Fishbowl team. He's been there all year. I mean, he hasn't been performing, but I've had to start him a lot because it's a freaking deep league. So, yeah, I don't know, man. I kind of want to go so, back. I'm like, did someone not draft him ever? He's just been sitting there. He couldn't have. No way. <laughs> I want to see what happened. Go back but, and see who dropped him. But, yeah, I should. You know, I should. It's nice. I should it's spend the time doing you. That. Not bad. All right, let's jump over to can he do that again? I, I've switched up a little bit today, man. I switched it up a little bit, having some fun with it here. So the first one we have here, guys, is three Steeler wide receivers, Claypool, Juju, and Johnson, all finished inside wide receiver 15 in week 10. Can at least two of the three do that again? Adam. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say they can do that again. I mean, it's so interesting how they've been using these three. Uh, I mean, they're really using them each to their specific skill set, and they're thriving. It, it's fascinating. And uh, I think that playing against Jacksonville, it's going to be definitely of a, a winnable matchup, probably a game that they just destroy. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that they're in a situation that definitely is going to allow them to support too. All right, Josh. Do you? I I didn't get crazy. I didn't say three or three, but do you think two or three? Yeah, if they're gonna run their team the same way that they ran it, like last week, Juju Juju got thirteen targets, Deontay got eleven, and Claypool got ten. So if they're gonna continue to have that kind of volume pushed into those three wide receivers, then I think they can do it. And, and meanwhile, I saw this when I was uh, just prepping for the show, Devontae Booker had a higher percentage of his team's opportunity than James Conner did. So, like, they, they've just completely neglected the running game, which is fine. And if they're going to continue to do that, then I think, yeah, I think that Juju, Deontay, and Claypool can continue to be productive. Yeah. Yeah, Big Ben's been on fire the last couple of weeks, man. Just been tearing it up out there. It's crazy. Whether you like him or not, it is what it is. Devontae. I don't. I like no. the Devontae. I like your. You don't like any quarterback, do you? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's Aaron Rodgers and Ben Roethlisberger. That's it. <laughs> That's the list. <laughs> this guy is unbelievable. You don't like quarterbacks with beards or something? What are you gonna say? You hate Ryan Fitzpatrick next? Hey, no, no. It's that's that's not the connection. Okay. <laughs> all right, they're just bad guys apparently. Um, yeah. All right. The next one. Savan Ahmed scored sixteen points last week in PPR. Can he do it again, Adam? Who is this guy? I mean, I will admit <laughs> ignorance. Like, legitimately, it is very rare that I have a player that is fantasy relevant that I just have no idea who they are, but that's what it felt like when I watched this guy this past week. I was like, wait, what? How have I never heard this name before? It's one of those names that, like, if I heard it, I'd remember it. So can you do it again? I do not know. I am the worst person to ask about this because I really don't know. But based on the situation and the amount of touches they gave him, yeah, I'd say he probably can do it again. Yeah, I'd say I'd say you're right. Um, Josh, how do you feel about Ahmed? 
I, I, I think he can do it again. It's if if he continues to be the guy in that backfield, he's gonna do it again. I you know it probably depends a lot on whether or not other players return from injury. Like so, but, well, but I, they, they, I was gonna ask you that actually. So they cut Jordan Howard after this game. Right. After Hockman yeah. had a good game. Gaskins is out. Breed is out. When either both of those guys come back, one of those guys come back, do you think that there's a chance that they all become useless because of them all having individual success? Or do you think it's Gaskins' job again? I would like to think that someone is going to solidify the volume. Yeah. And is it Achman? Is it question? You know. I honestly see them using their running backs like the Rams are. Like, all three of those guys have different skill sets. They're going to use them to benefit their skill sets. Miami's a really well-coached team. I mean, for them to be winning as much as they are with the talent that they have, I mean, they're they're really well-coached. And I think that that's going to be, you know, the only detriment from a fantasy perspective is each of those guys are going to be utilized in different ways. And if they're all healthy, it's just going to make it really hard to predict who's going to be going off from week to week. But yeah. if they keep winning games, they're going to have fantasy relevant performances. So it's just going to be one of those like flex type guys that you're going to feel like you're taking a risk on. Yeah. And I, and I will like to say that I did look up the pronunciation of his name and I did it right. So if anyone has any questions, if anyone has any questions, go ahead and Google them, look up his interviews, look up uh, any websites you want. They clarify it. And I did it right out of respect. So that's what it is. I'm not usually good. Where where did you go to look this up? I literally just typed in his name interview to see what the interviewers would say when they said his name. (laughs) And then I also uh, pulled up an article from the Palm Beach Post, you know, local shout out Palm Beach. And uh, they actually broke down the pronunciation in parentheses of how to say his name. Perfect. Yeah, I did my research, Josh. Did my research. I, I some, of, some of us do that here. Some of us don't just hate quarterbacks, just to hate them. We just, you know, <laughs> just we, we, we two guys. Just two. Well, if we count Mason Rudolph, then it's three. See, I mean that so, one. That one is totally legitimate. Um, but the other two, I mean, they're, I mean, they might all, might all be legitimate. Honestly, I don't know. I I've seen Aaron Rodgers on Pat what Pat McAfee. I've seen him on his podcast recently. A few times in a row now, and I'm like, wait, is this guy trying to come out of his shell? Is he trying to like give us some personality? Because if he is, he's doing pretty good, Josh. And uh, dude, he's on there all the time. Yeah, and- but I'm saying I just started seeing clips of him. And I'm like, this guy's like actually funny and stuff, and saying some good stuff. So I'm like, you know, Josh might be just hating him for no reason. Just don't think it might not. I be don't valid. like the way that he yells at receivers on the field. I don't like <laughs> this guy. <laughs> I don't like the way you yell at your students when they're in the classroom, Josh. I don't yell at them. All right, sure, that's not what I heard. All right. I'm just kidding, guys. Totally making that up. All right. Next one. The Lions have increased DeAndre Swift's carries each week the last two weeks in a row. Each week they've gone up. Can they do that again, Adam? I don't want to trust the Lions. (laughs) I don't think DeAndre Swift trusts the Lions, so I don't blame you. I'm going to say yes, they can do it again. They should do it again. I mean – it's the assumption of rational coaching, but it seems so obvious. So hopefully it's obvious enough that even Detroit can figure it out. But do I really like if it was trust or trust issues, I have trust. issues. But <laughs> can he do it again? 
Yeah, I mean, the capability is there. Yeah. I, I just hope they give him that work. Yeah. He did have 14 carries one week earlier, Josh, in week six. But week nine, he had 13. Week 10, he went up to 16. Do you think they could bump that up to 19, 20 next week, Josh? I Yeah, I think I think they are figuring out what they have on their hands. I think DeAndre Swift is the best rookie running back not named James Robinson. It's crazy, right? You know, you draft this really talented running back, and you give him a lot of carries, and he does well. It's kind of like this crazy concept. Uh, it's worked out. So hopefully they continue that concept. The next one I have, this is the last one for Kenny to do that again. In week 10, Nick Mullins outscored Russell Wilson. Will I ever be able to say those words in that order ever again, Adam? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go with no. Um, <laughs> any, anything is possible, but highly unlikely. Uh, Josh, do you agree with him, man? I'm kind of hoping I can say this one more time. That was the first week of the year that Russell Wilson was not a QB1. And you know I was so, highlighted because Russell Wilson sucks. No, I'm just kidding. No, not going to pull a Josh. I'm not going to hate this guy. For that. Russell Wilson is the best quarterback in the NFL. He's like the best he guy is, in the NFL. He's not that. He's he also not the best the, fantasy quarterback. The best quarterback in the NFL. This so crazy. This will not happen again. Random oh, Patrick Mahomes wins another Super Bowl, but he just, uh, you know. I think I think Adam would, would like. Patrick Mahomes isn't winning Super Bowls because Patrick Mahomes. Wow. <laughs> he's just yeah, he's just lucky. He's just a game manager that Patrick Mahomes. No, no, he's not. He's not just a bus driver. But he's got. He's got Mahomes to throw a touchdown between his legs. And laugh in your face, Josh. What are you talking is, about? Is Adam talking through like a a a, 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 a boom, uh, some kind of extra help here? He's like, talk, sounds like he's talking through his hands or something. I, that wasn't me. That was God screaming at Josh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> How big is he on? Uh, I mean, Russell Wilson, the best. Get used to it. He's the best person, Adam. Can you say that? No, nah, it's just gonna be yeah because of his miracle water. <laughs> He's the best human, right? He's the best human in the NFL, and he's somewhere in the top quarterbacks in the NFL. Let's just leave it at that. Um, all right, we got some listener questions. I wanted to hit on some of these because we got some pretty good ones. Some of these might take you guys, you know, a little thinking. So um, the first one we have here is from at Austin underscore G underscore H. What are the best and worst fantasy takes you guys have had this season? I mean, we didn't really prepare for this. This was unexpected. It came out of left field. But if you could think out the top of your head, just one, maybe positive, one bad, if you have those, um, you know, like, like, for instance, for me, I'll even say this. It, it wasn't even necessarily a take. It was the lack of a take on like Chase Claypool. I didn't I wasn't crazy about the guy. I wasn't like, oh, this guy's going to be amazing. He's going to be one of the top rookies. I didn't draft him anywhere. So I feel like that was a bad take for me. Like it wasn't a, I didn't make I didn't make a take necessarily, but it was, it was bad on me for not even having a take on Chase Claypool. So. That's one way I will knock myself here. Do you guys have anything off the top of your head like that? That was like the cheapest thing what? ever, Neil. You're like, you know that guy that nobody was on? I also People were on, on Chase him. Claypool. How crazy was that? People were on Chase Claypool. Now you're, not, mean, giving, now you're not giving credit to other people. Look at you. And nobody on this podcast. Disco- well, that's what I'm Chase saying. Claypool. It doesn't matter. I wasn't yeah. on. I mean, there were there were things you got wrong, though, right? I'm trying to think of other ones. Um, I see. can think of so many things that Josh got Good wrong. Tread. Is that is that your experience too, Neil? Is it really easy to think of things it's that you got easy. wrong? It's super easy. <laughs> okay. well, I don't know what you guys are talking about. I mean, 
Since Weird. we do victory laps so often at the top, I can at least, you know, wax poetic about all the wide receivers that I feel like I hit on strong this year. I mean, Tyler Lockett's top six, Adam Thielen's top 10, Tyler Boyd's uh, wide receiver 13 right now. I mean, Cole Beasley is wide receiver 20 in PVR. Uh, so th- those were probably like my biggest hits. As far as biggest misses, I mean, the only thing that really jumps to mind is just I totally missed on the Carolina Panthers. I, I really I didn't see the whole Joe Brady thing coming in, transforming that offense. I didn't believe in Teddy Bridgewater, but that offense has been great. And, uh, I mean, I definitely think moving forward, they're one of the few offenses that you can actually really look to week to week for fantasy performances. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I remember you talking about the Panthers and, you know, not being totally confident. And what I can think of for me is actually Kenyon Drake. That's someone that hurt me this year. I was big on him. I was bullish on him. I was trading big time players for him, thinking it was going to play out of my advantage. And that definitely, that one definitely got me for sure. That's someone I can think of on top of him. I'm trying to think of some more while we, while we talk here. Uh, Josh, you give us some, man. Some, I say some. So, I mean, I missed, I missed on DJ Moore, unless he's, unless this is, you know, the, the pivot point of the season. (laughs) You just keep trying. (laughs) Uh, Leonard Fournette, Leonard Fournette hurt me. You know, I didn't, I didn't see a trade coming to be honest. I didn't, I didn't take that seriously. And even if you would have told me that he would be playing in Tampa Bay, I'm not sure that I would have seen Ronald Jones literally running away with the job. (laughs) So the, those hurt me pretty bad. I, I was I was high on DK Metcalf. That was good. I, I, I like Darren Jones. That has worked out for me. Uh, have we, have, have, have yeah. anyone has had any really bad hits in quarterback? You know what? I, I got one that I'll fess up to. I, I kept touting Joe Mixon at the beginning of this year, and then he never produced and got injured. So that – I mean, has been a total whiff in a lot of ways. Yeah, but he's still like top five or close to top five in total touches per game. I think. Yeah, and when they start giving points for that, I will uh, be <laughs> proud. I'm just saying that that's a good mistake to make to say yeah. that the guy who's going to get all the touches might score some points. I mean, it's fair. I mean, there's a couple different guys like because of injury that I feel like I I missed on like Miles Sanders. But even when Miles Sanders has played, he's been really productive. So that doesn't really feel like a miss. Or like I mean, Nick Chubb's kind of the same way. Like he was one of those guys this year. I wasn't super high on him or anything. I'm just saying him as an example. Like. I don't know how you feel because when he's on the field, he's a must-star guy, but he's only been on the field for like half the games. So that there's just there's been a lot of injuries, so it's a lot to uh, to analyze. Yeah, yeah, I feel like we covered a pretty good amount there, Austin. I think we did good for Austin. I thought I didn't know how I didn't know how rough it was going to be since you know we didn't really prepare for that one, but uh, I think we all you know had some pretty you know some pretty big misses, I guess that we mentioned, but. If we can think of any more, we will, Austin. We'll, we'll come back. We'll come back to you. Um, at Justin underscore Redwords. Justin, another friend of the show. He, I think this is going to be, this needs to be an Adam one right here, but he said he needs some Gilbert versus Dalton talk, man. Yeah, it's like he wants me to just debate myself. Like my, <laughs> my internal monologue between my favorite quarterbacks. <laughs> my favorite bad quarterbacks. No, I mean... I think we saw nothing from Dalton. 
at least Garrett Gilbert gave that offense some pulse. Like, I, 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 I don't know. I just, I think you know what you have in Andy Dalton. I think you don't know what you have in Garrett Gilbert. And I, I don't know if you're asking me if I want, you know, what's behind door number one, door number two, or the mystery box. I want the mystery box. So yeah, give me Garrett Gilbert. Give me the untapped potential, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah. I know. I think uh, if I recall, the Cowboys did say that Dalton would just assume his job back when he came back. Right. So um, that's what I, I last remember. Yeah. No joke. Boo. <laughs> Listen, I, I spent, I'm still so upset that I spent my entire cap fab on him in SFB, but then I was able to pick up MVS for $0. So it didn't matter. Right. <laughs> it's i just think it's crazy that at two and seven the cowboys are still in the playoff hunt because that division is the worst division in the history of the league at that rate so the Raiders could have been listen listen to this okay passing air yards per game dak prescott was sitting at 206 air yards per game completed right pretty good pretty good andy dalton 57 57 completed air yards per game. Garrett Gilbert was at 191. Yeah, that's, that's one- right he was. <laughs> now, nah, you know, you can't buy into this stat when it helps you. You can't do that. <laughs> I mean, he. I think I think Adam's right. You don't know what you have in Garrett Gilbert. You, you need to find out, even if it's only so that you can sell him in the offseason. Seriously, though. I mean, really, that's... The, the fact that they even are considering stand, starting Andy Dalton is just crazy. Because yeah. just think of how good of a story it is if Garrett Gilbert actually wins games. Like, if they make the playoffs and Garrett Gilbert's a starting quarterback, I mean, come on now. Yeah. yeah, it'd be, yeah. It's a good story. I hope he does get to start, though. But I don't know. We'll see how it plays out. He Dalton didn't look good, but I don't think you guys are giving him a fair chance, man. You guys. Adam, you were the, the biggest champion of, of Dalton. All this time. He's old. And all Nobody took, likes an old redhead. All it, took, all it took was Gilbert <laughs> to come along and just knock him out. All right. We'll see. We'll see. It sounds like you guys want Gilbert, though. So that's where they're leaning, uh, Justin. At Bam Jordan. He wants to know who are the top five wide receiver cores in the league. Off the top of our heads, can we think of this pretty easily? Well, um, the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys are way up there. Yeah, I think the Cowboys are probably one or two. So I'd Cowboys, say Tampa, Tampa Bay is probably one or two. I think Dallas and Tampa Bay have the two highest talent levels in their wide receiver core. Steelers, um, right? The Steelers sure look like it. A lot of young talents, but yeah, I mean, I definitely could understand having them up there. Um, I mean. I, I don't know if you're talking all time or currently. Just currently. But if you're talking all time, okay. If you're, I was gonna say no. I meant I get the example I was gonna use was Arizona because oh, okay, like okay. Larry Fitzgerald, as far as like his ability all time, oh, I got you, man. Is much different than his ability currently. Right. Um. But Seattle is probably another one that would have to be in the top five. Man, if the Vikings had one more yeah. guy, Adam Thielen and Jefferson, been ripping it up. That's true. They just but, one more. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's the same kind of situation with Seattle. You know, you only yeah. have two guys who are really doing all the production. I mean, with Dallas. Really, I think it's really only Dallas and uh, 
Tampa that go three deep with like really solid wide receivers. How, well, how can you leave? How can talent. you leave the Steelers out of that though? Then. Yeah, no, no. The Steelers would definitely be in that conversation for the same kind of role. But again, just younger players that yeah. haven't done it for as long. But uh, but yeah, I mean, if you're talking right now, top five. If 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 I had to pick, I mean, for me, Dallas is definitely there. Tampa's there. Seattle's there, even with just the big two. Um, Pittsburgh is probably there, and then honestly, it's probably like Atlanta. Yeah, we haven't even said Atlanta yet. We're like totally ignoring Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's some pretty good groups out there. I think we, I think we kind of hit on all the all, all the best ones. Some of them don't go like three deep or anything, but uh, yeah, I think those are the those are the important ones. And I'm trying to think if there's anybody else that we're missing, but I'm pretty sure that's it. I mean, the Rams definitely deserve to be in the conversation, but, but I don't Josh think Reynolds, baby. Yeah. What about Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, and AJ Green? No, no. Had to try. Had to try. What about Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, and Curtis Samuel? (laughs) Come on, show some love. No, I mean Kansas City would be an interesting one because how great Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey are, and how dominant they are. Like, did they bring them more into the conversation? I could definitely have them in the argument. Yeah. All right, I think we gave it a pretty good shot. I think. I think we did good, but definitely a Steelers belong in there. I know Bam's a Steelers fan. He's just trying to get love for his Steelers, I think. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, the next one, the last one I have for listener questions is at Amaze652, a.k.a. you know him as PK Ripper. And he's asking, which running backs can we ride into the fantasy playoffs and feel confident about? Confident. Confident, guys. This is the key word here. Which running backs can we feel confident riding into the fantasy playoffs with? Anyone right. sticks uh, out? No, I'll, I'll jump off the top and, you know, give a little love back to Neil in a way and, and say, I, I think Antonio Gibson has just gotten to a point now where he's an every week starter who you can feel confident about. I think the JD McKissick usage there is frustrating, but at the same time, it hasn't stopped Gibson yet. And I don't see it slowing him down anytime soon. Um, other guys have kind of fallen to that. I'm starting to think that you might be able to really trust Ronald Jones. I mean, it, you know, it seems a little crazy because it it might be a little bit more game script dependent, but he's going to have these huge performances whenever Tampa Bay is hitting. And I feel like with that offense, they should have big performances more often than not. Um, I I want to try something here. I'm going to go down the list of the running backs right now who have been the highest scored running back so far in football. And I want to see if we can agree on two or three. If we stop at some point, maybe we don't have we don't have confidence in if that makes sense. So Alvin Kamara, we all have confidence. Cook, James Robinson, Henry, you guys stop me when you don't feel confident in one of these guys. Jacobs, Elliott, Aaron Jones, Kareem Hunt, Ronald Jones. Okay, everyone feels confident still. Mike Davis? No. I mean, that's, okay. that's where I would have shakiness. <laughs> yeah. I mean. How about how about just because the second McCaffrey comes yeah. back, he's irrelevant. How about so this one? I don't think he's going to be worthwhile down the street. How about this one, Todd Gurley? That one is crazy. Todd Gurley is just a touchdown machine this year. That, that's all he's doing is falling into the end zone, begrudgingly to me. Um, Are you confident? Playoff against confidence. Todd Gurley. Yeah, playoff going, confidence. Yeah, as far as playoff confidence, yeah, I think so. Okay, Antonio Gibson, you just said. 
Uh, how about? I don't. Dion? I don't think I trust Antonio Gibson. Okay, so I don't Josh, think I trust Todd Gurley either. Okay, so Josh is already at this mark right here. Todd Gurley, Antonio Gibson. What about DeAndre Swift, Josh? Because he's right after them. I would rather have DeAndre Swift than either of those two. Interesting. Yeah, this boy trusts the Lions. He trusts. Ultimately, he's saying he trusts the Lions with his fantasy. I, I, I feel like I feel like DeAndre Swift is just on the way up. Like I, I, I feel like he's become undeniable. Where where Todd Gurley's touchdowns are going to dry up. Uh, they're giving way too much work to JD McK- JD McKissick. I, yeah, it's, yeah, it, 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 it can get. It can get ugly pretty quick. One name I do want to ask you guys. Do you guys trust Naheem Hines in the fantasy playoffs? I'm going to say no. Okay. But I think it's one of those situations where he'll definitely be flex worthy, but just they split the touches there just yeah. a little too much for my liking. All right. Got it. All right. We tried our best. I think we did a pretty good answer on that question. We, 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 it gets to an area where it starts to get shaky. And I think that's where we lose confidence. Um, but you know, it, it does, it does depend on, you know, your situation, but there are guys, is there anyone that's not high up on this list that you guys trust? Like, do you trust, you know, Chris Carson when he's healthy? He's not high up there because he hasn't. That's so funny. That's exactly the one I was going to name. Okay. So do you trust him? Yes. Uh, also, Chase Edmonds, if he's healthy, I okay. trust, even though that, that one might seem a little bit crazy. Yeah, no, actually, I'm going to even backpedal off Chase Edmonds before saying he's one that I want to trust, but I, I don't I don't think that that's true in the spirit of this. But yeah, Chris Carson would definitely be one. Um, James Conner should be, but they're not using him like that. So yeah, they, there's not many others. What about Wayne Gallman? No, not for me. <laughs> all right. All right. So we, we, we get it. We get we, we covered a lot there. All right. Let's go to not so obvious lock of the week. Listen, this is interesting because last week, DJ Chark did nothing, in my opinion. Not enough to get you the win. So Twitter was wrong. Not enough. I agree. Duke Johnson really did nothing. So Josh was right to stay away. Adam took the bait. And so Duke Johnson didn't really deserve it. My boy, Tim Patrick. Hear me out here. He had 10 points in PPR, and that was with being ejected for fighting in the game. <laughs> so can I get the W on this one? Yeah, I think you get it. I How overcame you get, DJ. Does he get the bonus points for the ejection? <laughs> I overcame DJ Chark. I overcame Duke Johnson's one week of chance of greatness here, and I took the guy against the Raiders, and he got ejected from the game, and he still scored more points than all your players. Yeah, all right, we'll give it to you. Yes, I get the win, boys. Woo! I needed that. Where are we at right now? Three, three, two. I believe so. Yeah, yeah I know I have two. And Josh so. has three, I believe, from last week. So, three, yeah, three, two. So, gotta catch up. All right, this week, uh, is it? I'm gonna go first, but is it fair or not fair at this point to take Josh Reynolds? Yeah, it's fair, but there's gonna be like a 15 PPR. Point expectation. He's gonna have a DJ Chark expectation, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I so think I, that's that's probably so if I where go he's at there, at this point. He's gonna have a DJ Chark explanation. I'm trying. Okay, I'm trying to see if I want to do it or not. I, th- I feel like I want to just to pull for my boy, stay on brand here. Um, well, let me ask you this: Is Mike Williams above or below Josh Reynolds to you guys? Below, below you son of a bitch. Below. <laughs> <laughs> this is why you gotta win your weeks, buddy. So if I take Mike Williams, I'm not going to have to hit that bonus, right? That 15. 
Yeah, but if you are, just stall for a little bit here. Okay. Yeah. I, well, no, I mean, I'm going to take Mike Williams. I'm not going to let you have him. I let you have Duke last week, and it was so what it was. Right. So I'm taking Mike Williams this week. The matchup is good. The quarterback's on fire. I'm a little concerned about the haircut. But other than that, I feel good about this. My, and I know Josh doesn't like Mike Williams, so it feels even better if he wins. So I'm going to take Mike Williams. I, what? I do not have a problem with Mike you do? Williams. I have, I, after year one, everyone in the world was telling me what an end zone machine, what a weapon this guy was. And I had a problem with that Okay, because it was really bullshit, but <laughs> I don't have a problem with Mike Williams, the player. Okay. All right. All right. So my guy's Mike Williams. I'm stealing him from Adam. This is the luxury of being a winner and I'm taking him. Josh, do you have a guy ready? I do. I do. I have a player ready. So, so this guy is currently wide receiver 88 on the season. Going deep. Going deep. <laughs> But in the last two weeks, he's had 10 targets and 10 targets. And earlier in the season, he had, you know, five, seven target game. He's getting some volume. He's had two, two, two games over 100 air yards. I'm going with. You're going with who? KJ Hamler going into week 11. KJ, KJ Hamler. Hamler. I'm a big KJ Hamler fan. And I wanted to go with Denver players again here this week. But I, I was a little nervous, man. So. What makes you feel confident in KJ Hamler this week? Well, it, I just feel like uh, the he's getting he's getting enough volume. Yeah, yeah it's it's a total volume play. Yeah. They're playing Miami, which is a like a middle of the road, slightly negative matchup for wide receivers. But how often do you get a, a player with no expectation who's getting ten targets a game? Yeah, yeah, this is true. No, I like it, man. I like KJ Hamler a lot, and uh, I think it's a good pick, man. So I'm, I'm proud of you for taking that chance. Adam, did we give you enough time to get ready here? No, you guys suck. <laughs> <laughs> you can always oh, take Josh Reynolds with the 15-point expectation. Yeah, no, no. Not, not, not going to be that lame. Um, you know, I, I feel like I'm going to attack Neil straight on with the <laughs> arbitrage play. Uh, and go with someone who Neil talked shit on earlier in the podcast. I'm going to take Kalen Blage. Wow. Uh, it's a phenomenal matchup. He led the team in backfield touches last week. Now going up against the Jets in a game they should dominate. I feel like he's going to have huge opportunity to score. And, uh, yeah, if nothing else, it would be great for him to just outscore Mike Williams. Uh, and. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Much respect for you for staying in that in Chargers game. I appreciate you. Uh, I see that was your target. So I'm glad I took it. I feel good because I feel like I got the spoils of victory this time around. It hasn't happened every week that the winner stole someone's player. So it feels good. Feels yeah. Good. Well, and normally I think of a second one too, but I really didn't see anyone taking Mike Williams for some reason. <laughs> That's what happens, man. Better become prepared. All right. Let's move over to foul or no foul um, and then begin to wrap this bad boy up. Fowler Nofal, I have three of them today. Nice, easy, not too difficult, nothing too crazy. The first one is you must wet your toothbrush before putting on toothpaste to brush your teeth. Foul or no foul, Josh? Mm, well, you definitely have to wet your toothbrush. I mean, if anybody out there, Savages. probably George, George Reed probably brushed <laughs> his teeth dry, but I don't care what order it happens in. So, you could, Sometimes you, so you're I fine care. with toothpaste, then water? Yeah, sometimes I forget and I put it in my mouth and it's terrible, and so then I wet it and it's fine. <laughs> All right, so you so you're a uh, a no foul on that one, uh, Adam. No foul or foul? 
yeah, it, it's no foul, and I think this should be like a strict rule. <laughs> like yeah. you, yeah, I I do not understand how you could not put water on it. That feels super weird and almost sacrilege. <laughs> you, you fall into serial serial killer territory when you do. Um, yeah, it's so that's the way it works. Definitely out there. All right, uh, the new feature from Twitter called Fleet which is actually an old feature to every other social media platform is going to become a favorite for everyone. Foul or no foul, Adam. Ugh, foul. I hate it. I just, I'm not a fan. I don't know. It's just, that's not what the app is to me. There, there are very few times that I go to access Twitter where I'm like, Oh yeah, let me watch a video. It's almost <laughs> never. It's almost never. I go there for print. I go there for something to look at while I'm at work, avoiding work. <laughs> no, I, I I mean really though, like I I think Twitter is more used in passing. I I don't know. I guess different people use it in different ways, but for me, it's something where it's like I don't I don't have any desire to watch videos on there. Yeah, I hear you, um, Josh. Are you with Adam on this, or are you going the opposite way? You know, I I just I don't I don't care. I don't care if Twitter puts videos on. All right, so it's, so it doesn't bother me. Okay, as long as it doesn't bother you. Adam's coming across very old manish, you know? <laughs> Get them videos off my platform. <laughs> I think it's interesting. What I think is interesting about it, I like it. I do like it. But I think it's interesting because, like, it is, like, the opposite of what Twitter has been to people. As far as, like, you know, Instagram is, like, the app where you look at pictures, Snapchat, you look at pictures and videos, whatever. Like, Twitter has always been, like, the conversation app. You know what I mean? So unless those things bring value and conversation, you know, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be It's going to be interesting. But... Obviously, it's going to be a whole new system for people to exploit, take advantage of, get ahead in, become leaders with. So uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to the kind of content and stuff people create, even though it's very basic right now compared to any other app. And it's weird that they took this long to bring it, but it is here and I'm going to use it. So you will see me on your fleets, boys. Uh, the last one that I have here, Powerade over Gatorade. Foul or no foul, Adam. It's a huge foul. Why are we even having this discussion? <laughs> I'm upset that you brought it up. I did this. Because I need to know who is a Powerade fan and who doesn't brush it. Listen, listen, I Adam. Drink, I Adam. will drink knockoff Gatorade, but it's not your first choice. Adam, listen. This is. Do you guys remember when it used to be fizzy? Do you remember when they thought no. that was good? No, I don't remember that. Yeah, well, I have very serious takes on Gatorade and Powerade. And you did not know this. You have awoken a beast. <laughs> I Listen, all I know is I'm trying to create the serial killer identification list here today. Um, so if you don't wet your toothbrush and you do drink Powerade over Gatorade and you don't, and you do like fleet, maybe you might be a serial killer. What's crazy is that there are tons of people that drink Powerade over Gatorade or else they wouldn't be in business. I do drink it. I feel like it's less fluff, man. Wait, wait, you drink Powerade over Gatorade. I don't know if it's necessarily over Gatorade. Like if it's there, I just drink it. I don't really choose. Like, I don't really care. I just, okay. I feel like there's less things happening in Powerade. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, it's not as good. I get what you're saying. <laughs> Josh, step in here, man. Intervene. I feel like isn't Powerade a lot less sugary? I feel like yeah, I've done. It's probably care. better for you or more watered down, aka bad. Powerade <laughs> is God. It's king now. I'm taking it. I'm taking this to the top. Powerade. Gatorade. And next week on the podcast, it is sponsored by Powerade. <laughs> <laughs> All 
Yeah, so all right. I know most people are going to choose Gatorade. I just wanted to start a fight and see what happens because we actually did have a Gatorade flavor conversation in the group chat. And so I knew Adam was going to It was very serious. Yeah, I knew Adam was going to get riled up here. And and again, just like his Twitter take, he keeps it super basic with his Gatorade flavors too. He's super old school. Not not basic, classic. Just classics. Classic. Yeah, this guy is all about classics. Ah, whatever. All right, let's move on to show and tell. This is our segment where we share with you anything, any product, podcast, music, books, philosophy, advice, whatever we feel like sharing today, experiences, a night on the Oklahoma City streets, what it's like to get taken out by an ice storm. It could be anything. So, Josh, be, do you have anything today? It could be all of those things. It could be all, actually. You could be job kicking guys in the streets. It could be anything. So what was your take? What's your show and tell today? Uh, I, I've been listening to this book lately by um, Deepak Chopra, and oh, I, I'm super into it. Like it's it's kind of it's kind of hokey and it's kind of like getting your horoscope read to you, but the the explanations that he has for things just just blow my mind. What's the book? Like the, I think the one that I got it's on Audible mm-hmm. and I think it's just like his greatest hits. So it might not it might not officially be a book. It might just be like clips of his seminars and and talking. But if you have never listened to this guy talk before. You could probably just find him on a podcast for free. He has a lot of <laughs> things for, for. He has a lot of interesting things to say. Reading horse, just like the, the connections, the the parts of your life, the things that you thought were weird and unique about you, that he will connect with like a single a single line. It's it's kind of amazing. Interesting. Adam, you said nice when he said Deepak Chopra. Are you a big fan? No, not like a big fan oh, or anything. Yeah. I just, I, I mean, he, he's an interesting scholar, and I think it's a cool way to educate yourself. I think it's an interesting thing to, um, you know, look into. I mean, Deepak Chopra is someone who, he's kind of like, um, I don't know, like new agey, if you will. But, uh, you know, he, he definitely talks about things in alternative medicine and, and like spirituality. And I think that, you know, those are interesting topics to just dwell into. If not dwell, I always do that. Delve into. There's no W in that word, but my tongue thinks there is. Uh, no, but th- those are just always interesting topics to delve into. And I think that, you know, for me, anything that has to do with that sort of self exploration. And uh, he, you know, he's a name that popularly comes up in reference to TM or transcendental meditation. And, that's something I've been interested in for a while. So yeah, I'm familiar with the name. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely sounds like Josh's stuff, man. Meditation, vegetarian diet, that kind of stuff. Not knocking it. I'm just saying Josh is on the, uh, uh, so it feels like a spiritual journey of some sort, Josh. Would you agree? Yeah. Some kind of, you're on a search. You're on a journey. If you are not meditating in, in your life, like get it, get it together. Get it together. <laughs> hey, I don't meditate. So you need I, to you need to start, yeah, dude. I gotta get it. it. It's definitely a cool practice. It kind of feels I personally recommend mindfulness meditation as a good starting place. But uh, but yeah, I, I I don't know. I found it to be something that's really helped me. Yeah, I was gonna say it kind of sounds intimidating when you first think about starting. So mm-hmm. mindful yeah, meditation, you said. Yeah, um, I I mean I think I brought it up on the podcast before. There's a couple different apps out there that are really great. Um, but the one that I used, um, was called waking up. Mm -hmm. Um, and 
that's specifically mindfulness meditation, um, which is one form of meditation. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right, dope. Well, sounds dope. Another book suggestion of sorts, audio book suggestion. That's your back-to-back weeks of that, Josh. You're delving deep, man. I like it. Getting in there. Thank you. Getting in there and uh, doing it. I like it. Adam, what do you have this week, man? More music? No, nah, man. I'm getting unique. I got a sport. A sport? You discovered new yeah, sports? Guys. Yeah, no, no, no. Both of you guys go to YouTube right now, and I want you to search Tech Ball. It's T-E-Q-B-A-L-L. Just, just look it up. And for those of you at home, tech ball has become an international craze amongst uh, football players or soccer, as we would call them in the States. Uh, and what it is essentially is a combination of volleyball using only elements that you would find in soccer. So can't use your hands, rest your body, fair game. And you're essentially playing ping pong with a soccer ball on modified <laughs> tables it is the most entertaining sport i have found in a long time it is insane what these people are able to do with their bodies it is one of the most intense games to watch when there's like a back and forth volley and some of the things that i saw while just watching one of the world championship matches just randomly finding this on youtube had me be like, this is just, this is something that I have to talk about on the podcast. And I don't know, I spent one day in a YouTube swirl watching this for like four hours and it was so damn entertaining to me. I don't know if everybody would find it just that entertaining, but if nothing else, go watch it for five minutes because it's just, it's something that you have to know exists. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. It's pretty interesting. They even have, they even <laughs> have so two man teams out here. Oh yeah, yeah. No, it is two on two. It's like it's like doubles vol- beach volleyball, except for you know, modified for ping pong and soccer rules. Interesting. Whenever I see these new kind of sports come out, I think they're interesting. Like I seen like a tag one recently. I don't know how new that is, but I was like, this is for real? like some competitive tag. I was like, this is pretty interesting. Like they had a course and everything. So whenever I see these new sports come up, I think it's pretty cool. Um, I mean, the craziest thing about watching this is like the amount of athleticism that these people have. I mean, just regularly putting their foot above their head, just like constantly. Yeah, it's it's just, and so accurately. And like the, the ability to volley a ball, like I played soccer all my youth and was, a, I mean, pretty active into it. I was never great or anything, but I played on like travel teams, juggling a soccer ball, just juggling it. It's pretty damn difficult. What these people do is shows so much like skillfulness and just body control that watching it, I'm just like flabbergasted the whole time. Yeah, looks crazy. Looks like something Josh might get into, man. Josh, you think this is for you? <laughs> I, I am nowhere near <laughs> capable of playing this game just from the 12 seconds of it that I've seen. Oh, no. No, this isn't made for normal people. Yeah, I was going to say, this, um, <laughs> if anyone's listening and they haven't looked, like you're not going to be a tech ball player, by the way. No. Uh, unless no. you're an elite athlete, you could be. Um, but this is, like, this is like basically even, you. You have to be a specifically elite athlete. You yeah. have to be a high-level soccer player to be yeah. able to play it. Yeah, basically it's like I pass on soccer or I'm done playing soccer, I'm going to play this now. Uh, it's not like, hey, I'm going to go outside with my friends and play tech ball right now. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> very elite sport. Uh, yeah, very cool, though. Cool to see new things like that. 
All right. Um, I don't really have anything too much that I want to, you know, share today. Only, only thing I can think of is I do want to share that, like I mentioned previously, I think earlier in the podcast, I think I mentioned that I was a guest on a podcast, uh, Toilets to Titles podcast. So I just want to shout them out for inviting me on. I'm always humbled whenever someone asks me to come on a podcast. So um, shout out to Justin and everybody over there. Go check them out. You actually can see my face on that one because unlike these two who are afraid to go video. No, I'm just kidding. Just Adam. Adam's afraid to go to video, right, Adam? Terrified. terrified mostly because <laughs> don't really want to purchase a camera <laughs> <laughs> no I mean, seriously though i did do a video with them it was live stream go check it out put some comments on there about my 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 clock dodgers beanie being fire or something do something you know show some love um shout out to toilets and titles podcast again appreciate the invite other than that guys josh can be found at jc crocker on twitter adam can be found at the other ff guy and you can follow me at Clock Dodgers on Twitter and Instagram. Um, if this is your first time listening to the show, we appreciate it. Tap that subscribe button so we can do this again. Five-star reviews are always appreciated. We appreciate you. If you've already left one, thank you. But if you have, it's time to go grab someone's phone in the house, pull up Clock Dodgers, hit those five stars and dip like you were never there. Don't go any further than the podcast app, though. Don't be don't be weird and shit. Like, mind your business. Other than that, be kind. Be kind.